cancer journey is unique for everyone. It is time to figure out our new normal, and there's no one-size-fits-all manual. Welcome to the Cancer Cliff Notes podcast with Jen Cochran, because surviving is just the beginning. Hi, I'm Jen Cochran. Welcome to episode 12 of the Cancer Cliff Notes podcast. Before I get to my guests this week, I'd like to talk about a topic that's come up over and over again with my guests. I was out on the running trail a few weeks ago, and this came up for me there as well. It's this idea that we all are here to run our own race, whatever race you might be running right now. A couple weeks ago, I ran a literal running race, the North Face Endurance Challenge 10K, here in Algonquian Park in Northern Virginia. I train using the Galloway method with a side of heart rate training. That means I run for a set amount of time and then I take a walk break for a set amount of time. And if my heart rate is in a good place, I maintain that plan. And if my heart rate gets a little higher than I'd like for too long, I add some extra walk breaks to get my heart rate back to a happy place. It's my race. I know my body. This also means that two minutes into the race, I pull over to the side and I walk and then I run again. And usually what happens is for the first part of the race, I play leapfrog with certain people. I pass them on my run, they pass me on my walk, eventually one of us pulls ahead and stays ahead. And then for the second half of the race, I seem to pass a lot of people uh, right up to the finish line. And this happens because I train for a pace and I run that pace. I don't get tempted to skip my first few walk breaks because everyone's running or go out super fast because of the adrenaline of the race. I know where I should be, and I work to that place. And if my race is going well, and I feel good, I can always bump up my speed later on in the race once I'm fully warmed up and settled in and know how things are going. But that's my choice based on my plan. So what happens on the trail is really interesting. Because there's people that are cheering on runners, and toward the end, they'll see me on a walk break and make a judgment about the fact that I'm walking when the finish line is maybe only a half mile away. And I smile and wave and say, thanks, I'm on a walk break. Sometimes they get it, and sometimes they don't. And it doesn't really matter. It's my race. I once had two girls comment to one another when I took a walk break near the beginning of the race. One said to the other, I don't really understand why people walk. They're here to run. I don't understand why they're walking, which was fine. I sort of chuckled to myself. I passed them around the four-mile mark. It was a 10K race. I passed them around the four-mile mark, and I never saw them again. They ran their race, and I ran mine. My way may look different from yours, and that's okay. It's mine. Yours should be yours. As patients on a cancer journey, we face the same external judgments. If I had a nickel for every person that asked me about my diet, my exercise routine, or shared their disdain for the pharmaceutical industry, I could have paid all my copays and still bought some fun shoes. And for those of you that know me, I'm all about the fun shoes. I was at a workshop last year and a person at my table is also a breast cancer survivor. One of the things I love about this podcast is sharing people's stories and just the different choices that they make and the uniqueness of how we all move through this process. So I always am interested to hear other people's stories. 
and she and I happened to be diagnosed at the same time or similar times. It was within a three or four month period of one another. She was triple negative and I'm HER2 positive. She pursued alternative treatments and chose to go outside of traditional Western medicine and was able to crowdfund that. And I was really grateful for the advancements in treatment for HER2 positive patients. In the past 10 years, HER2 positive patients have experienced exponentially better outcomes and improved longevity with fewer occurrences of metastasis, which is quite high uh, or has been in the past quite high for HER2 positive patients. So for me, having the option of a targeted treatment was hands down the right choice. But these are apples to oranges diagnoses. They're completely different. They have completely different treatment protocols. They have completely different sets of prognosis and potential for metastasis. And they may just be called completely different names because they're very different situations. So when I expressed my gratitude for research and advancement, she basically told me that I was wrong to feel that way and we didn't need to be friends. That alternative was was the only right way. And she flat out said, we don't need to be friends. I expressed at the time that I was sad that she felt that way, that I really feel strongly about sharing everyone's journey because we're all in a different place and we all come to this journey in our life from a different perspective and from different possibilities and that I was sad that she wouldn't want to be friends because we had different viewpoints because I think what makes our world beautiful is all the different viewpoints and how we can agree to disagree. Ironically, she sent me a Facebook friend request a week later. However you navigate your journey, whatever your choices, they're yours. Your life, your choices. Other people can choose to be supportive of your choices or keep it to themselves. It's an exchange between you and your healthcare team, but you are ultimately the boss. If you want to bounce the options off someone with your circumstance and better understand what the proposed treatment looked like for them, I think that can be valuable. In this case, you're seeking input and specifically providing your permission to hear someone else's experience. And if you don't want to hear others' experiences, that is valid as well. And it's okay to say, I'm not in a place where I'm seeking outside counsel from humans without a medical degree. Regardless of the situation, it's your race. Who you engage how you share, what you're available to hear from other people is completely your choice. I would love to know what race you're running this week. What would positive encouragement look like for you right now? Come on over to the Cancer Cliff Notes Facebook group and share what positive encouragement might look like today. I'm going to take a quick break. And when I come back, Sherry Rosenberg from the American Cancer Society will be joining me. Stay tuned. Enjoying the Cancer Cliff Notes podcast? Come on over to the Facebook group where you can join the community and participate in the conversation during the week. I hope to see you there. Now back to the show. Hi, I'm here today with Shiri Rosenberg, the Senior Manager of Community Development for the American Cancer Society. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. One of the things I love 
about the American Cancer Society, especially recently, is the new promotion. Well, it's not so new. It's probably been going on for several months now. That's really focusing on individual patients and how individual patients are really supported through the American Cancer Society. There's so many programs that are really there for patient support. And I think as individual humans, we often think the American Cancer Society is such a big organization and they're doing big things, not necessarily supporting individual humans. So I think it's brilliant that you've really taken that approach to bringing that message down to that real human level. Well, you know, I'm so grateful that you love it, hearing it as an outsider, because to be honest, it's the same reason why I love working for the American Cancer Society, because I get to feel that way on an everyday basis that we're actually helping and supporting the human beings that I get to meet every day, such as yourself. So yeah, we actually have a enormous amount of resources locally. And when I say locally, I'm not just talking about where I sit in the DC metro area, but really locally all around this country and even into other countries. One of my favorite programs that we do um, is called Road to Recovery. And Road to Recovery is this awesome program where we help cancer patients get free rides to treatment. And it's really, it's a two-way street. So thousands of cancer patients um, need rides every day. And whether it's because they've become a one-income household because they can no longer work and their spouse just can't take them to treatment, or maybe they live alone and they just can't drive because the treatment has taken so much out of them, their energy, um, we want to be able to drive them. We have volunteers that we will match up to all of our cancer patients to get them um, to hospitals, to doctor's offices. It doesn't matter how far you live from your cancer treatment. I think that's so important. There's so, I've encountered so many people along my journey as well who didn't have a home-based support system. So having that is just amazing. But another client who, she's a breast cancer survivor, and she benefited from the American Cancer Society of someone coming to visit her as she was going through her treatment. So I believe you have a program around that as well. Yeah, it sounds like you're talking about our Reach to Recovery program. So our Reach to Recovery program is pretty awesome. It's actually a one-on-one support group specifically for um, breast cancer patients. The American Cancer Society Reach to Recovery program actually matches trained volunteer breast cancer survivors with people that are currently living with breast cancer. And we do that on a very individual basis. So as you know, many breast cancer diagnoses are different. There are a lot of different different. cancer. Um, And so what we do is we match a survivor up with a like diagnosis and also with like treatment. So if a survivor went through a specific type of treatment, whether it's surgery or radiation, whatever they chose their journey to be, the current person battling breast cancer, whatever they've chosen their journey to be, we will match them up with someone who went through the same process. So they know what to expect um, and they know kind of more information than what a doctor can give them. Absolutely. I think that's so key too, because oftentimes our doctors, they share what they know to the best of their ability. There were so many times in my journey where I would come in and say, I have X, Y, and Z going on. 
almost every time they were sort of like, oh, that's weird. (laughs) That's not common. So it's helpful to have somebody there that's been through it, where when things come up that aren't, you know, maybe cookie cutter, it can be like, yep, I had weird things happen too. And that's okay. Advocating for your someone that can help you frame advocating for yourself, I think is fantastic. And just that can empathize with where you are. Yeah, I agree. I think that's so important. And it really helps with the that keyword that we like to say hope, but also just motivating that patient to go through and get through their treatment and get to the other side. Absolutely. And to really able to say, well, that's cool. Like that, that's not normal, but it's happening. So (laughs) how can I, how can I navigate that? And it's so important. My client that had mentioned her journey as a 13 year survivor now with triple negative, she said to me recently, Oh, but my, my story, like, I, I don't feel like my story was as challenging or like, I think in the moment we all kind of discount what we're going through or we just kind of put one foot in front of the other and to have that support of somebody modeling the way is great. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. So I know you have a lot of local fundraising initiatives as well in different areas as well as advocacy. Can you talk about some of the fundraising and community opportunities? Sure. Something that we have locally, and when I say locally, we have actually over 3,000 of them locally. So locally, no matter where you're sitting, is we have an event called Relay for Life. The awesome thing about Relay for Life is it is a fundraiser for all types of cancer. So yeah, we actually have other fundraisers that I'll talk about that focus specifically on breast cancer or specifically on childhood cancer. But a lot of times we have volunteers or even cancer patients that have been through more than one type of cancer, or we have families that have had family members with more than one type of cancer. So Relay for Life really fights that, but also celebrates that on many different levels. Relay for Life is not cookie cutter by any means, that term that you just used. So in every community, it looks very, very different. But one thing that it does in every community is that it fights back against cancer and really fights for those that are currently going through the battle, celebrates those that have really survived the battle, but also puts a memory to those that we've lost. So there's always a beautiful candle lighting ceremony for those that we've lost, but there's always also some sort of celebration for the survivors that we currently have, whether that is entertainment or spa treatments or luncheons. Um, it's really a family-friendly festival. Relay for Life events go anywhere from a two-hour event into a 24-hour event, depending on the community. Um, And they're just really great ways for the community to come together and get involved. They are grassroots efforts, which means that they are really run by the volunteers in the community, those that are extremely passionate about the fight against cancer, and they're not run by ACS. We are there to be a resource and to support 
and make sure that the donations are allocated appropriately back into the organization, but they are really there and put together by the volunteers. So it's a pretty incredible event. They also happen at all different times of year, depending on where you live. We also have a great event called Making Strides Against Breast Cancer. It's our really big breast cancer awareness, breast cancer fight back that always happens in October, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Um, and those tend to happen more in metro areas. What I love about Relay is the opportunity for caregivers and survivors and patients and support organizations to all kind of come together in that one place to really shine the light on all the all the things and the whole journey it's just a really nice way many have survivor luncheons i know the one here locally has a survivor luncheon and it's always inspiring to see all the survivors yeah various places in their journey yeah i love being at you know that survivor walk as we call it or the survivor lap at the relay for life events they're always so touching um whether you know you're crying for a good reason or a sad reason but it's always incredible to see a lot of the relay for life events will have the survivors either mention how long they've been surviving so some of them are currently going through treatment and in the acs world the definition of survivor is the moment you hear those words you have cancer you are surviving um, as long as, you know, we are help, we are there to help you push through. So whether or not you're currently going through treatment or you had breast cancer 34 years ago, it's really incredible to see. So one of my purposes here with the podcast, my follow online is because surviving is just the beginning and there's so much that we kind of push through at the beginning and then to have community to tap into or have organizations that support people once they're on the other side of that the mental components and the physical components and balancing that all out is so important so i know you also have a another sort of arm a sister arm of the american cancer society that does advocacy work yep so we have a program called acs can it stands for the american cancer society cancer action network Um, Like you said, it is our sister organization because as a nonprofit 501c3, we are not allowed to fight the government, Um, but we can certainly do that with our sisterhood. Um, So basically, ACS CAN is there to petition the government to move laws such as tobacco-free laws, smoke-free. I'm sure you enjoy sitting in a restaurant and not breathing in all that smoke. Um, that's something that we've done. Um, we fight for students and campuses and getting more money into cancer research from the government and just everything that you can imagine. We work with insurance companies and making sure that cancer treatments are covered. And we really just, we have a lot of petitions going on right now. So yeah, it's an amazing organization. And insurance is such a such a kind of touchy subject in our world these days and so important to shine that light and for us to all use our voice and how important that is on our journey 
I had an affordable health care plan and I was fortunate in that all my treatments were approved. I didn't have to fight for any of that. It was all covered by my insurance. Had I not had insurance, my bills, I would have had either had different choices or had a very challenging financial situation. So having organizations that are helping to keep that at the forefront and pre-existing conditions and all of those things that don't necessarily seem important until they are. So that's such important work. Yeah. And you know, that's why not everyone is as fortunate as you were. And I love to hear those stories where they are, but you know, some people don't have insurance for whatever the purpose, whatever the reason. And Mm -hmm. you know, that's why ACS also does what they do with their cancer patient programs. Um, One that we didn't even chat about yet, but we have a lodging program where um, we have 30 Hope Lodges around the country where if you need to travel for your cancer treatment, let's say your best option was at Sloan Memorial in New York City, and there you had to leave your job because you couldn't, you know, get your treatment done for six months and work at the same time. There's no way you could afford rent in Manhattan. Manhattan. Absolutely Um, not. Right. So we have Hope Lodge in the Upper West Side that allows you to stay there for free with your caregiver for free as long as you need while you're going through your treatments. And we will get you your ride to treatment every single day. So between Hope Lodge and Road to Recovery, um, in the cities that we don't have Hope Lodges, we have partnerships with hotels to make sure that cancer patients can stay at hotels for free. That's an amazing gift. So I would love for you to share how people can connect into the American Cancer Society, either as a volunteer or to where they can go to make a donation, support these amazing programs that you're bringing directly to patients. Absolutely. So, you know, donations can be made and also signing up to be a volunteer can always be made at cancer.org. Um, But another thing that people don't necessarily know about is we have our National Cancer Information Center, which is a 24-7 hotline where you will always speak to a real person. And that hotline not only connects you with ACS staff that will help you become a volunteer and sign up to be, whether it's a road to recovery driver or to volunteer at your local Hope Lodge, or maybe you want to join the committee of your local Relay for Life event. But through NCIC, our National Cancer Information Center, you can also get information about current cancer treatments, whether you are fighting cancer or someone you love is going through it. That um, 1-800 number will actually give you information about pain control, clinical trials, cancer prevention, quitting smoking, you name it, they will help you through it. And you can also make donations through that hotline. So that number is 1-800-227-2345. But once again, like you said, you can also go to cancer.org. That's awesome. Thank you so much for being with me today. I really appreciate you and all the great work that the organization is doing. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you to Sherry for sharing all the fantastic resources the American Cancer Society has to offer patients and families. I know I was surprised to learn the depth of support services that they offer. For this week's Personal Consciousness Minute, 
I want to bring the conversation back around to successfully running the race, whatever that means for you today. As a survivor, successfully running my race has meant different things on different days. Some days, it's literally getting out the door and putting miles under my feet. Other days, it's binge washing some Netflix and working on a knitting project. Intentionally not picking up my phone and checking email or scrolling Facebook. For me, both are important. There's always something else that needs our attention. There's always going to be another email. The reality is, unless you're a trauma surgeon, it's most likely not life and death. What can you intentionally do or not do today that will help you move forward in the marathon that is your life? Great. Now go and do that thing. Or not, whichever one applies. As always, please come on over to the Cancer Cliff Notes group and share your journey. Thanks for listening and have a great week.